Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Look, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and you know what? That NHL, it's in full swing, and right around the corner is baseball. And the only place you should be getting in on any of these sports is at BetOnline.ag. Are you not into sports? No worries. At BetOnline, they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds of almost anything you could possibly imagine, and of course, that 24-hour online casino. So head to the website or on your mobile device right now to sign up today and receive 50% off that welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's only at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming into the pod because we're talking Blackhawks hockey. I know it's been a while. It's been underserved. It's been now malnourished here on Betting Chicago, but we've got just the man here to help us fill it in. He works for Fansided. He works for a little thing called Black Hawk Up. They're doing excellent work over there breaking down these surprising Hawks this season. It's Jake Wheeler on the pod. Jake, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Dude, such a pleasure to have you. Let's just start. Let's go into the current just very quickly. The Blackhawks on Tuesday night. You know, they came back, they have built themselves a nice little lead, got up five to three, and then in the final moment, something that I feel like has kind of been happening a little bit. They kind of let that lead slip away late, took it to overtime, and were able to come away with a victory in the shootout. Just kind of walk Blackhawks fans through uh, what you saw last night in that victory. I mean, everyone knew coming into the season that they were, they were rebuilding, but I think the biggest issue with this team still is their defense. We thought Blackhawks now they can score kind of at well almost. They have a good forward group going, obviously without Taze and Kirby Doc. It's hurting them a little bit, but the back end has really been a question mark with young guys like Bockfist and Ian Mitchell. Um, you have Nick Bodan who's playing real well, but I mean, it's you need that consistency back there. If it weren't for Kevin Lankinen, I mean, who knows where this team would be right now. So I, I think they need to... They need to stop giving up defensive lapses. They need to be stronger on the puck in the in the D zone um, and just minimize the turnovers. I like Zadorov, but he's had a few turnovers. Dehan, I think, as well. Um, but overall, considering this is supposed to be a quote-unquote rebuild, I think they've played real well. It's a, I mean, any high-scoring game, right, is going to be entertaining. It's just you definitely want to fix all of the issues, especially if – they do see themselves making a run at the playoffs. Jake, I got a confession to make. I know we're meeting for the first time. <laughs> I was texting with some buddies before the season, and I thought the Blackhawks were going to be terrible. Truly, like no Jonathan Taves, no captain, no Kirby Doc, goalie situation up in the air, a defense, as you mentioned, a blue line that has been bad for a couple of years now and is still just as young outside of like Duncan Keith. Mm -hmm. And I was just really kind of asking myself a ton of questions. I didn't know what exactly was going to happen. And here they are with such a surprising start, you know, shut my mouth. If you could kind of pin it on one thing, you mentioned Lankin in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. you know, what is it about this team that's gotten them off to this 10, 6 and 4 start? You know, I think they're seven and two in their last nine games. It's yeah. been quite impressive. I think it's kind of a mixture of, I'd say, two things. I think Kevin Lankinen is the big piece because you look at the first two games against Tampa Bay when Subban and Dealey, I know that they played Tampa Bay and who just came off the, the Stanley Cup victory. But, I mean, both neither of them looked that good. And the team, this was kind of out of sync, out of whack. But Lankinen has really come in. He's won the starting job. He's getting the starts night in and night out. But the other key is out that I want to take away, too, is the other kids, the kids that have been called up 
like Brennan Hagel, you have Philip Kurashev, Ian Mitchell, Nick Bodan. I mean, without these contributors, even I guess you could say Pia Suter, because even though he's a little bit older of a rookie, he's still a rookie. And if we weren't getting the contributions from these rookies that we are right, that we are, then they wouldn't be where, where they are right now. I think they're bringing a lot of hard work, which the Blackhawks used to be able to rely strictly on skill to kind of get them out of situations and to try and win games. But because the kids bring a new attitude to the table with the hard work and just because they want to make the team, they don't want to get sent back down or even on the, on the taxi squad. So they're trying to play their best. So they don't end up getting sent back down, which I think, is lighting a fire with them, which is sparking the entire team, I think. And for the last couple of seasons, obviously the Blackhawks have tried to get younger. They've tried to bring some of these guys up and we've seen some false starts. You know, we've seen some nice stretches with, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Is it possible to think that I know it's early right now. There's a lot of games to be played. I know there's also, we're going to talk about the reshuffling of the division too, a little bit, which has yeah. kind of worked out just a little bit for the Blackhawks, yeah. but is it possible that this young group right now has had enough ice time in the past? They're playing a little bit better now. Does this have sustainability? I think it does in the way if, obviously, if Lankinen continues to play the way he does and if the kids continue to develop the way they do. If they if they drop off even a little bit with the way their defense has been, this, with the question marks, I think they might fall off a little bit. But certainly... I think as the season goes on, they'll get more comfortable with each other. They'll get more, they get in tune up to game speed. But then again, you have to factor in all the other teams are kind of in the same boat. I mean, there's no preseason. All the other teams are getting kind of back in the game speed. Dallas and Tampa have had a bunch of games postponed. So they, they still have to make up a bunch of games. I think, like I said, I think if they can continue to, and play the way they are, specifically Lincoln and specifically the kids, then they could possibly sustain it. But it all depends on that as well as the other teams and if they end up heating up at all. For the uh, casual Blackhawks fan out there, you know, I, I live in California. I don't have the NHL package. Unfortunately, I don't get a chance to watch every single game, but I'm following the box score, following yeah. these guys along. I'm seeing what's happening. I'm liking what I'm seeing. For the fan out there like me right now, how could you explain to them, you know, the guy who is Kevin Lankinen right now, a guy who's come out of nowhere. They were kind of planning on maybe Subban or Delia, maybe stepping it up this season, mm -hmm. but it's been Lankinen, 26-year-old. Is this a guy who, you know, is, is he a product of, and this could be an easy answer because we're already talking about, is he a product of the defensive unit that's in front of him right now? Is he playing a little bit ahead of himself? And, you know, is he perhaps a rookie of the year type candidate right now? He could. I, it's not, I don't think it's because of the defense, just because of, of them being a little suspect. Granted, because of their how they're suspect, it might put them in better op opportunities to make bigger saves, better saves. But I think it's just the way he's played. I remember a few years ago um, when he played in, in the World Championships um, in the spring for Finland, he was a starting goalie. And you play against other NHLers. It's not like you're playing against guys in Europe or the KHL granted they're, they're not bad players. It's just, they're not NHL caliber. They ended up winning gold while he was a starter. And I have to admit though, um, I remember seeing his a AHL stats. I remember that one preseason game he played for the Blackhawks when they were over in Europe. And I, I wasn't too sure on him yet. I knew he had won gold, but I really had no idea how he was going to do. I personally had Delia starting 
um, or taking over the starting role this year. I think the Blackhawks organization had him yep. starting too as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I had him starting. I wrote a piece for the, for the Blackhawk upside and I had him starting and I, it just made the most sense. He signed, I guess, longer term. Um, he had, he played real well when he was up in the past. It's just, he kind of got, he got in the game in Tampa, obviously at the start of the season, didn't play very well. The team didn't play very well and Lincoln kind of stole the show. And I think he could very well be a Calder um, finalist. He, he reminds me a little bit of Jordan Bennington and the fact that Bennington back, what, two years ago, he kind of, he came up from the minors, stole the show for the blues. And obviously they ended up winning the cup and Lincoln and a guy you probably most casual fans hadn't really heard of before. Don't really know much about him. He's kind of stole the show as well. Granted the Blackhawks are not on the same caliber as the blues were back then. But I think those are very similar circumstances between Lincoln and, and Bennington. And the beauty of finding a goalie is it doesn't matter how you find it, but exactly. all you got to do is just get them, get them there. And then you just got to get them solidified and get them hot and get them going. Exactly. And, and that's kind of where the Blackhawks are right now. Again, you know, they're what they're second in the NHL, I think in overtime appearances right now, yeah. that is a little bit of a product of, you know, a product of their own making at times, you know, Tuesday night was a great example of that. Let's switch it over to the offensive side. And I could be wrong when I say this, but it feels like the power play is in a different place this year than it's been in season past under Jeremy mm -hmm. Colleton. In your opinion, what's going on with that? Is it combination? Is it execution? What are you seeing with that Blackhawks power play? I agree as well. I think they're they're getting better movement around the ice with the puck. You look at the past years, I think the Blackhawks would try and be too fancy with the puck. They wouldn't really get the shots on net. They try and make the extra pass to get that nice play in. They basically, what I said earlier is they would try and use their skill to win. And when, unless you're like the 2010 to 2015 Blackhawks, it's not going to work. So you need to, you need to rely on just getting the pucks in the net. You got to get dirty goals, greasy goals. If there's an opportunity to move the puck around and go for the, the extra play, go for it. But like every time you don't need to do that. I think just the, the new faces being able to contribute on offense. A lot of the, the prospects I mentioned earlier, Kurashev and Hagel, they're very offensive and it, it helps to the power play with them on it, being able to move the puck around, get a new look out there. But um, I do think their power play has looked a lot better. And I like the brinket too on kind of on the uh, on the circle, kind of where Line A Ovechkin are, because it gives him a, an opportunity to one time it if um, it's open. One guy I'd like to see maybe take an, another offensive step would be Adam Bockfist, um, coming out of Sweden. Scored on Tuesday. A, yeah, coming out of Sweden, he's a very offensive player, and which I think will help out the Blackhawks. It's just he needs to get that confidence and make some plays because I, I think he plays too timid. He gets the puck, but he likes to just give it right off to someone and not really hold on to it, try and wait it out and make a play. And I think if he were to use kind of that, he'd be able to open up more for himself, but also his teammates. And I think I might be wrong, but I think he scored on a power play, which is mm -hmm. also really nice which we're talking about right now. Yep. What has been a bigger, what has impressed you more? Or what has surprised you more? Alex Dabrinkit bouncing back after what might consider to be a little bit of a down year or Dominic Kubelik, you know, shaking off whatever we would consider a sophomore slump and playing some really good hockey right now. What has surprised you or impressed you more? I think definitely Dabrinkit. 
I mean, back two years ago, he had, what, 40 goals. So he played, obviously, real well. Last year, struggle for him. It was a struggle all around last year. But I think the fact that he's kind of been able to get back on track, especially without Doc in the lineup, without Taze in the lineup, he's been able to find a line and kind of stick stick with that line. They can build chemistry, and he's able to get points. The one thing with Kubelik, however, I might mention is – Definitely back early in in the start of the season. I know Carlton with his ice time, it was all like out of whack. Carlton was saying that he was playing Kubelik more, but the the stat sheet said Kubelik was playing like 12 minutes a night when like realistically, a guy like him on the second line, he shouldn't be playing 12 minutes a night. He should be playing more 16, 17, 18 minutes. But I think now since he's playing well, you can look back at that and say it's kind of a, a learning curve for Carlton um, with the ice time. But I think that that was probably a factor into why he started off kind of slow was just his ice time. And in your opinion, do you think that has something to do with Carlton's coaching style or is that an earn it on the ice situation? Or what do you think was going on there? It might've been a little mismanaged from Carlton, but I also kind of think with all the new guys, the Blackhawks brought in, I mean, look at Walmart, look at Soderberg, look at, a lot of the young guys, they probably wanted to see how they would do, especially maybe in certain situations. So, yeah, so if you're like, trying all these combos, maybe someone just based on math, yeah. someone just gets a little less ice time. Yeah. And I think that could have a factor into it. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's the way to go about it, but he was, unfortunately he got the, he was the odd man out pretty much. Um, but I think it was a combination of Carlton and maybe getting giving a look to some of the new guys. What's your general take on Jeremy Carlton as a coach? Clearly, the Blackhawks organization extended him. They seem to like him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a very young coach, so it seems like they want him to be around for the long haul. He gives some of the most boring uh, press conferences <laughs> you will ever watch in your life, but I'm not going to hold that against him if he gets it done on the ice. What do you yeah. think of Carlton in general? When they hired him to be the coach at Rockford, I, I was – Pretty happy about that. I had heard uh, after the hiring about how he did in Sweden and how his teams did in Sweden. Personally, I think he came up to the NHL too early. I think he's Bowman's guy and Bowman really wanted to see him in the NHL. But I think if if anything, you let Quinville finish off that, that year, let Carlton have a full year in the AHL and then bring him up. Like they played... At the end of that season, they played real well. And they had a good stretch of hockey at the very end. But last year, it was kind of like a fault. Like, it it was a slump. It was a struggle because they had so much momentum. They had a very similar team from that, the end of that, his first season to his second season. Yet, they couldn't get it done on the ice. It made me, I guess, question him a little bit. But now, seeing how the team's playing, seeing how the the, uh, the kids are playing, it's opened my eyes a little bit because I certainly was a little surprised to see him get an extension, at least right now. Maybe you wait a few months into the season, see how he does, see how the team does before you commit to him. I'm I'm fine with him, but I think you have him on a short leash just, leash just because of what's happened in the past. Yeah, is it fair to say that the transition was pretty rough, right? With Quanville, you got three-time cup champion. I mean, Chicago legend, Hall of Fame coach, you know, big personality, big mustache, even on top of that. So you're trying to replace that. It's really hard to do. The transition's been tough. You know, is it fair to say that maybe Carlton mirrors his team a little bit where a team that's young, still on the rise a little bit, but so much to prove still? Yeah, I think he definitely, I think 
the fact that he is younger, he can relate to these guys more, help them out in different situations, whether it be on the ice or maybe in their life. Um, some, something like that. It'll kind of relate to him more, I think. Maybe some of the veteran players, some of the older players might think he's in over his head a little bit um, just because they've won a few cups. I mean, like Kane, Keith, Taze, you name it. They've won multiple cups. Obviously, Quinville is a coach for 10 years. And I think maybe, just maybe they, they think he could be in over his head just with how fast he rose through the Blackhawks ranks. But I, I think he definitely will help out the kids just because of how he is younger and how the team has been playing real well. You just got to buy into it. I mean, whether you like the guy or not, you just have to buy into the team and they got to buy in to each other because if you don't buy in and you, you don't play the brand of hockey that's being coached to you, then it's not going to go very well. And you just got to stick to the script and just play your game and they'll be fine as long as they get the help from Bowman with the roster. Let's take a quick break and have a brief moment to talk about our new sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to cop the best pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of, what did I say? Authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process and for the sneaker sellers out there ebay has eliminated selling fees and sneakers over 100 making it free to sell or flip your collection so go to ebay.com sneakers today ebay the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection now back to the pod in your opinion what do the blackhawks miss most with jonathan taves not on the ice and in the locker room i think his leadership and his face-offs because if you like dylan strom I don't think he's the best face-off guy. He's not a bad face-off guy, but he's no Taze. Um, that's where the Soderberg, I think, signing comes in because he brings some leadership and he brings um, some face-off ability. But last year, they had Taze and David Camp, who Carlton relied heavily on for face-offs. You don't, you, didn't, you don't really see Strom taking defensive zone draws. Kirby Doc, you never really saw taking defensive zone draws. He's also not the best at face-offs right now, at least. He's been through a lot, obviously, with the three cups. He's he's a high draft pick. He captain serious. I mean, he he likes to keep it serious, but he knows how to get his team going. The the leadership aspect, especially with how young the team is now, the Blackhawks, I believe, have the youngest average age out of any NHL team playing. And with all of that, I think those kids, at least this season, if Taze doesn't come back at the end of the season, will miss his leadership. But I think on the ice specifically, it's got to be his, his face-off and defensive ability. Yeah, it just kind of makes me think a little bit in these third-period situations. They got these games kind of wrapped up, got to put the nail in the coffin, and they're kind of just yep. letting these things slip into overtime a little bit. Kind of just wondering if a veteran like Taves, of course, Keith is out there, Kaner's For out sure. there, but a two-way player like Taves, you know, a guy who, let's not forget Blackhawks fans, I think is what, plus 193 for his career? Mm -hmm. You know, that's yeah. more than Sidney Crosby. That's more than a lot of other players that we, you know, we know and love in, NH in the NHL right now. Let's just try and get some perspective here right now, just based on what you're thinking and feeling, because let's be honest, we don't know a lot about what's going on with Taves. It's a very private situation. We want to respect that situation. And as a fan, we just want him to get back on the ice. In yeah. your opinion right now, if he comes back this season, 
Do you have any expectation for him to contribute at all? I mean, it's such a mystery right now. It's so up in the air. Mm-hmm. If he can come back, you know, what should the Blackhawks fan expectation should be if Taves was able to come back? Because he might not be the full-on Jonathan Taves. Yeah, I, I think if he's able to come back, he should be eased into it a little bit. I don't think you, you rush him back to the first line. Um, I think that's kind of unrealistic. I think he'd be a great third line center. (laughs) He would the best third line center in the league for sure. Of all time. Yeah. 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 But I think it's, it'd be his defensive contributions, obviously going out for defensive zone draws and his leadership as well. I think you don't put too much of the offensive pressure on him necessarily just because the offense now has shown that, that they've been able to score. I mean, they scored six goals the other, the other night. So I think, I, that's not really a concern. And if you just let him stick to his the leadership aspect of the game as well as the defensive zone aspect, I think that's how you start him out if he's able to come back, at least this season. And then once he gets games underneath his belt, you can kind of open it up to him a little bit more and maybe let him contribute more in the offensive zone, get some offensive zone draws, power play, like you name it. But you don't want to rush him back too fast, especially with the symptoms that were reported. You don't want him to to go back and start to feel that. So you want to ease him into it, especially with no preseason, with the amount of time off last year from the pandemic, and then the, the weird schedule in the summertime, and then being off again up until January. I think you, it's just best to ease him in. But then again, I think if the Hawks are out of a playoff spot if he comes back. Do you consider just holding him out for the season and then let him get refreshed, let him get back on track and then bring him back for the following season? I mean, maybe that's something that they'll consider. Yeah, why put more tread on the tires? Or if they Mm -hmm. are out of it, maybe bring him back for a week just to say, hey, I'm back on the ice. I can head into an offseason and figure it out. I'm in total agreement with you where – of course, I'm hoping that he comes back. And yeah, his ice time would have to be eased in a little bit. Of course, now we're asking Carlton to handle ice time, but and I'm, yeah. kidding, I'm just giving him a hard time. But yeah, my, my big question would be is if we're trying to chase down a playoff spot or some sort of seed of some kind, can we get him up to the place where he can play that two-way game? And as you mentioned, which was a great point earlier on in the pod, can he get that physicality back to be that guy in front of the net? You know, because he's the king of the greasy goal. He's the king of the yeah. putback. You know what I mean? He's he finds that stick right in front of the net so well all the time. And I'm just rooting for the dude. You know, even if he doesn't come back and he doesn't look like Jonathan Taves, I just want to see him on the ice in a playoff game. You know, that's just really my big hope. You know, speaking of Hawks greats, can we talk about Patrick Kane for a little bit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's just start here. The dude, once again, is having an incredible season. What have you seen from Patrick Kane so far? I, I like how he's taken a lot of the kids underneath his wing a little bit. I remember back years ago, he made like a comment or two about how he's not really like a mentor guy and how people or kids shouldn't like look up to him, I guess. But he's done a really good job taking the assistant captain role, letting the kids follow him. And his line with, I believe he's with Suter and Yanmark, they've played exceptionally well. Like Yanmark has put up He's not point per game, but he's he's fairly close. Kane does a good job of elevating other players, at least point wise, because he not only can he shoot the puck, but he's a great passer, as we all know, and he can find guys that maybe other people wouldn't be able to find out open. It's it's the same Kane. He he really took off 
a few years ago and he hasn't slowed down at all. He doesn't play a physical style of game. So realistically, he could probably play till he's older than most people when they retire. But I think he's just done a good job of mentoring the kids and then, but also playing his game where the Hawks can rely on him to chip in on offense almost every night. Yeah, and if I got to correct right now, I think he's got 30 points right now through 20 games. So as he's progressing in his career, his points per game just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. And this whole mentor narrative, what are you talking? I mean, Panarin, you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. and even Cat on certain lines at different times. I mean, this guy, you know, he can make stars out of people, you know what I mean? Just on yeah. the way of his own play. And he definitely elevates a lot of the action. Dude's just a joy to watch. And that's a really great point that I'm really hoping that he can play deep into his career. And it kind of gets me thinking a little bit. You know, he's got a pretty good shot at this point at, what is it, Brett Hole? I think he's got 13... 1,391 points. I think that's the highest for an American hockey player. Yeah, that's very so. much That's very much within range, don't you think, for Patrick Kane? I think so. I, I think he's – I don't see him slowing down um, anytime soon, actually, just because of the point about how he doesn't play a physical brand of game. So because of that, it, it helps him out durability-wise. And he, he has all the tools, all the, the players with the brinket now around him to succeed and – to break the point records and everything. He's already won Stanley Cups. Obviously, he wants to add more to to his name. But unless games get postponed or whatever, then he should have no issues like continuing to put up points. Obviously, he needs to play with actual like good line mates. And his line right now has been clicking, which has been nice to see, especially with the end mark. I, I, I think he's just going to continue to to improve. I mean, he's in his prime still. I mean, normally you wouldn't expect a 32 year old to be in his prime still, but I I think he is. And until he starts to really slow down and drop off like point wise, I I don't see why he's still not in his prime. Yeah. I was looking up some career numbers of some of the greats in the game, right? And 32, 33, 34, you see the slowdown just a little bit. Some of them pop one or two more seasons, but there are a lot of guys still, you know, very, very high up there. You know, when you throw out the names, you're like, Oh, this dude, yeah. When they're 32, 33, 34, they still get it done. It's it's really funny too. You know, I'm really glad to see the Blackhawks off to a good start. I'm interested. Are you, were you ever in the camp? You know, I know heading into this season, keep missing the playoffs, keep, keep kind of like hanging around mediocrity. Where are we going? What are we doing? We're committing to a youth movement movement. Mm-hmm. There's always that rumor out there of, Hey, would the Blackhawks ever trade Patrick Kane? Would they yeah. ever entertain something like that? Were you ever a guy that thought, you know, maybe they should do that and cash in and, you know, get bang for their buck. Or are you more on the side of Kane's untradeable? He's a black Hawk for life. I think he's a black Hawk for life. I mean, he's done so much for the team, obviously with the three Stanley cups and he's done a lot for the city as well. He's him and Taze kind of rejuvenated the franchise when they were drafted and they started having success. I, I, I can't see where they trade him. Even if they hit rock bottom, I, I can't see it. I I'm, I'm a proponent of them building through the draft, building through free agency, not really trading a guy like him away. You can trade other guys away, but the big names, I I just can't see it. I know Taze um, had mentioned in an article I saw where he wasn't, he didn't want to be traded. And I'd have to assume that Kane is going to be like the same, probably Keith as well. I, I can't see it. I, I know they like Chicago. Obviously, they like the Blackhawks. I I just I I don't want to see it. I don't think it's going to happen. But then again, 
it's a business. And at the end of the day, you never really know. And we're steering baby steps a little bit closer to, I think, a Blackhawks fantasy of after they won that third cup. I know that I had it in my mind. I was like, man, this is going to be really hard to win the next one. We were looking at a salary cap situation. Yeah. It wasn't going to look good for a couple of years. But man, in the back of my head, I was like, would I love to see them in one more cup final? Those guys in their late 30s, grizzled. They're showing the old clips <laughs> all the way back to the Flyers series. You know what I'm saying? And now yeah. they're back doing it. It's kind of sort of turning slowly. The ship is slowly turning in that direction a little bit with these young guys. And we still have a guy like Keith logging, what, 2,000 minutes a game. You know what I yeah. mean? He's in the greatest shape as he's ever been. Kaner, maybe they find a little bit of a new goalie. Let's pull it back and let's get out of here on a couple of broader topics real quick. Um, your thoughts on the reshuffling of this division. You know, things are, it, it is what it is. I think the NHL is doing the right thing by kind of shrinking the amount of teams that you play, the amount of travel as many, many sports are doing. It's a very prudent move right now until we get yeah. back to normalcy. But let's be honest, they don't have to play St. Louis uh, yeah. You know what I mean? They're not playing Vegas, you know, no Nashville this year. And the Red Wings are in your take on this uh, reshuffled division that the Blackhawks are in. I think it, it works. I mean, with the whole pandemic and everything, you want to try and limit travel. I think it's the right move. I'm, I'm glad that they don't play like Colorado or Vegas. I mean, some of the powerhouses, but certainly you have Tampa Bay. Florida's looking pretty well. Um, you have Carolina as well looking good. So while they do have Detroit, and a few other teams, maybe some mediocre teams in, in the division. They're not out of the water, but I don't know. I, I think it's good um, for one year. I don't necessarily know if this is a thing that you continue to, to build off of. I think, however, the schedule scheduling wise, I think it would benefit maybe to have two games uh, um, in one building, have two games in another building in the future to limit travel, even without the pandemic. May, it'll, it'll help the players out more because usually they're, they're traveling at night, the road trips, I mean, long hours. I think uh, something like what baseball does, where you have home stands against the same team, which That's is what's happening call. right now. That's a great call. Yeah. Even a three game series over mm -hmm. the course of the week, it's, you know, Blues Blackhawks week and, you know, Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday, they play each other. That could be really fun, not just for the fan base, but ease up a little bit on the schedule. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see the NHL implement something like that. I don't know if they're actually going to. Um, I know, again, I think Taze has brought it up in the past, but I think something like that would help the players out travel wise a lot more. It, it, it makes a lot of sense, like at least from in my mind, it makes a lot of sense. I just don't know what the NHL and NHLPA are looking at it like. Um, but that's something definitely that I'd want to see possibly imp implemented in the future. Final question for Jake Wheeler here on Believe in Betting Chicago. Jake is a writer for Fansided. He writes for Black A Hawk Up. You got to check out the stuff that they're doing, the content that they're putting out. My final question for you is I'm not going to ask you, you know, how deep can this team go in the playoffs? We're 20 games in. Let's all calm down. A lot of teams have only played like 14 games. So there's a lot of, you know, games in hand that other hockey teams have to play. Yeah. But let me just sort of phrase it to you like this. I think we're all very happy with the start so far. Mm -hmm. I think now at this point, it's fair to say that I think playoffs is definitely an expectation for this team. If you could say right now, you know, what does this team need to do to, you know, become dangerous in the playoffs, maybe win a round or two and really get that momentum going into what we think could be a really successful season the following year. What yeah. are a couple of things that you really want to see from this Blackhawks team that could really maybe take them to that level and make that more of a realistic expectation? The biggest 
thing would be their defense again. I think their defense needs to tighten up. It needs they need to stop turning it over. It's not just the defense. I know the offense helps out too, but the defensemen particularly have to have to not try not to turn it over nearly as much. I know I mentioned Zadorov a little bit, um, but like just some of the plays, like turning it over, it could lead to goals, lead to power plays for the other team. They need to tighten up and really, I mean, in, in the playoffs, Taze, Kane, Keith, they know more than anyone that playoff hockey is much different than regular season hockey. And if you don't clean up the turnovers, it's going to be a brutal series. Also, it goes back again to Lincoln and, and the kids on offense. I think you need them to continue what they're doing in order to help the team out in the future. Because if they they cool off and they don't progress maybe as quick now as people might might, might have thought, if they make the playoffs, they'll probably get bounced in round one or they might not make the playoffs at all. So I think the defense as well as Lankanen and the kids are going to be key in how the season finishes out. And when you say turnovers, to me, that sort of sounds like a bit of an execution thing. That's something that over time you can eventually clean up. So in your opinion, is this a situation with the defense where you think execution, they can maybe get a little bit closer to where they want to be? Or is this another situation where by the deadline, whether they can or cannot do it, they need to add someone at the deadline? I, I think defensively, they should look to add someone. I wouldn't give up a pretty penny for anyone um, just because they're not in a position, I think, to win the cup. I think they could be in a position if they play well to make the playoffs. The kids can kind of get a taste of playoff hockey, but I don't think it would hurt to add someone, make a hockey trade where you trade for a younger defenseman who's kind of on the rise, help out a little bit, maybe who's been in the league a few years rather than someone who's just breaking in. Oh, that's a Bowman special. (laughs) That's a Bowman special. I'll take the guy that you don't like anymore because I used to like him two years ago and we'll put him on my team. Yeah, Bowman loves doing that. But a trade for a defenseman might have to happen, in my opinion, just because, I mean, look, you also have Bowden, uh, Mitchell, and Bockfist who are all – really young and usually defensemen take longer to develop than forwards. And if you're going to throw off three of those guys who are all smaller guys and a very physically demanding playoffs, I mean, what's it, what's the toll going to do? You're going to need bodies, especially with the pandemic. So I think defensive help might be the route they go at the deadline. If they're looking like they're going to be in a playoff spot. Offensive wise, I mean, yeah, you because you, you have Taze, Doc, and Nylander all out next season with them, hopefully Taze, but with Doc and Nylander coming back, I think they're in a pretty good position right now. But again, it's just the defensive questions, I think, is what is maybe hindering the team more than anything. And real quick, I'll get you out here on this. Uh, Kirby Doc, is that seem to be season ending right now? Or are they still monitoring that and seeing maybe could he come back for a stretch run? I think if they make the playoffs... I think he could come back. I mean, he was out four to five months back. Uh, he got hurt in what January, so that's he's looking like a May, maybe late April to May return, which is I think right around playoff hockey because the deadline's in mid-April. So maybe he gets back for late the the late regular season or the playoffs if they make it. But again, just like Taze, if they're not looking like a playoff team, do you consider holding him out, letting him train? get stronger 
for next season. That's something that they probably would keep in mind. And especially with a risk, it's a long-term, a long-term outlook for a look for Kirby doc, who I, I think is a really promising player. And yes. could be, honestly, you could be a frontline starter for us for a very long time. If you're looking for Blackhawks content, go to Blackhawk up through the fan sided website. been talking to Jake Wheeler here. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the pod, giving us some of that Blackhawks info because you know, Hey, we were at the point of the season where, you know, the Bears got bounced out of the playoffs. The Cubs started spending some money. The White Sox were the only game in town. And we were like, oh, no, these Bulls and these Blackhawks. But you know what? These Bulls and these Blackhawks, they've been pleasantly surprising this season. And it's making the winter sports watching in Chicago a lot nicer. Thank you so much for coming on the pod, man. I hope you can come back soon. For sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jake. This is Believe in Betting Chicago with Joe Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head there to the website on your mobile device this weekend. You'll get 50% off your first deposit. That's pretty nice. So head to BetOnline.ag. Thank you so much for listening to the pod. we got a couple more this week. Tons more coming next week. Thank you so much for listening. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.